from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Those for August is a big report that'll get a lot of attention. Consensus is for another decline after last month's decline. Uh, so we're coming off of a period where we had a lot of stimulus and reopening spending. Now we're seeing, um, you know, the Delta variant have more impact, unfortunately, and uh, we're sort of past this wave of consumer stimulus, uh, which could potentially weigh on retail sales again in August. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Jeff Bookbinder here, your host for today. I am proud to be joined by my friend and colleague, Barry Gilbert. So Barry, uh, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Jeff. Doing well this morning. Wonderful, wonderful. We got an uh, action-packed agenda for you today. Uh, so let's get right into it. But before um, we get started, uh, I do want to uh, mention everybody listening that maybe you're getting a little bit of a fatigued version of Myself and Barry, because we were up late watching that football game last night. And uh, while it was a little painful for me uh, losing my fantasy football matchup in the LPL Research League, um, what an entertaining game uh, to see uh, uh, the Raiders win in overtime. Yeah, great game. Uh, great all weekend to see fans back in the uh, back in the stadiums. Uh, just part of the slow return to, to normalcy. We were hoping to be a little faster. Uh, but I think people need to keep in mind that the direction's the right direction still, and we saw a little bit of that this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And and for those who didn't see it, may, maybe the highlight of the of, of the weekend um, of football was the cat that fell from the upper deck at a Miami football game, a college game, and actually was caught uh, by some people uh, with an American flag. So how patriotic is that? Uh, on the weekend when we remember 9-11, uh, to uh, save a cat's life falling uh, from the upper deck of a game. Uh, that was neat. If you didn't see that, you know, check that out on, on YouTube. Um, so um, here, you're, um, for those of you watching on YouTube, you're seeing our agenda uh, for the podcast today. Uh, we're going to start by talking about um, all the policy goings on in Washington. So there's a few elements to that. There's the infrastructure spending package, which is really two packages and one of them, the biggest one, isn't really infrastructure, it's more social programs, but nonetheless, human infrastructure, uh, a lot of the Democrats are calling it. Uh, of course, the tax hike, something that I'm sure a lot of you are uh, a little bit nervous about as we um, get more into the negotiations for that spending package. Uh, number three, the debt ceiling, deal or debacle? Uh, certainly has the potential to cause some market volatility. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And by the way, we focused on these issues in the weekly market commentary uh, that's available on LPL.com. Uh, and then at the end, just a couple quick hits on inflation. We got CPI today, consumer price index, which was good news. And then um, we got a um, the Fed Beige Book, which is a you know survey of conditions on Main Street. Uh, Barry did a blog on that on lpresearch.com. So we'll just hit a couple of quick takeaways on that uh, before we wrap. So, so um, but first, you know, as we always do, just some quick thoughts on the stock market here. Um, so Barry, we've, we've tested the 50-day moving average again, uh, it appears, after um, five straight down days last week. 
we, we stopped that losing streak on Monday. And as we're recording this on Tuesday, stocks are a little bit higher. Um, but that five-day losing streak was only a drop of about 1.7%, which you can't even call uh, a pullback here. What, what are your thoughts on, uh, on what we've seen out of the stock market here over the last week, Barry? Yeah, it's, uh, it's normal. It's even healthy to have those kinds of declines. Five days, that doesn't matter all that much. It's, it's the size of the move. Uh, and uh, you know, we've, we've tested this trend line before. We were just moving back towards it. Uh, keeps the market from moving up too fast. So uh, I know it's strange to say, um, but I actually kind of like it. Five days in a row, that's, that's not a concern at all. Uh, and we did break that streak. We broke it on Monday, uh, so the market went up not a whole lot, but just a, a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, we talked to our, our technical analysts, and they would say that uh, that trend is still in a good place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that one point seven percent is actually a lot less than a typical five-day losing streak. The average five-day losing streak brings the S and P down about five and a half percent. So that just puts it into context how modest that decline was. Um, we, we still think um, stocks can go higher uh, over the balance of the year, but no doubt uh, we, we recognize the risks. One of them we're going to talk about uh, here uh, in a minute, which is taxes. Uh, but you also have the Federal Reserve positioning to potentially remove some of its stimulus. And then we're in the seasonal week period for stocks, historically, September and October um, so we would anticipate a little bit of a, a bumpy ride in the near term, but still uh, we think we'll end the year a little bit higher than where we are uh, today. So um, that's just a you know quick stock market update. Let's get into the policy, which is where we want to focus. Um, so first issue, Barry, is the, the debt ceiling. I think we can move through this one really quickly because, frankly, we don't believe this is anything for, uh, for investors to worry about. No, the uh, the consequences of violating the debt ceiling are just uh, just too high, and everybody knows it. So um, there's a lot of politicking around it, a lot of playing political chicken. The Republicans want to force the Democrats to raise it on their own. Uh, the Democrats want to have a bill that the Republicans will have to get on board with. Uh, but when it comes to whether or not the debt ceiling is going to get raised, we think it's extremely unlikely that they wouldn't do it consequences are just too high. Absolutely. So any volatility around this would be, um, uh, we think, short-lived. Uh, it's really just Congress approving spending that's already been, um, you know, gone through Congress. So um, don't worry about those headlines. Uh, we do, however, have to worry a little bit about tax headlines. And uh, Boy, are there a lot of them. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll hit maybe, uh, you know, the top five or six, um, you know, pieces to the um, to the tax reform that Democrats are going to move through um, with reconciliation only requiring 50 votes. Um, you see here this quote from from Ben Franklin. You know, we've all heard it. Right. The only thing. Um, there's nothing more certain than, than death and taxes, right? And so uh, certainly we're gonna get more taxes. It's almost a certainty, but there's a lot of questions about uh, just how much higher uh, and um, you know which kinds of tax increases uh, that we get. So 
Barry, why don't we start with the corporate rate? Um, that's certainly a biggie. Uh, the uh, the rate's not 21. The proposing to take, or Biden proposed to go to 28, but the House plan just came out, is looking at 26 and a half. Um, where do you think that shakes out? Yeah, the, the House Ways and Means Committee, in order to move this bill forward, actually had to start providing some details on what exactly the tax plan was going to be. Uh, they targeted 26.5%. This is still a negotiating position. There's still going to be a lot of work done on the bill. The moderate Democrats are still going to have a lot of say. Uh, I think it's going to come down from here. Uh, you know, this leaves a little bit of room for, for horse trading, which is just part of the legislative process. So uh, probably in the end, we think closer to, to 25, um, but we're already off that to 28. And even at 26.5, it is a hike that does create risks for businesses. But at the same time, historically, it would be one of the lowest rates that we've ever had. Yeah, so um, you know why this one's important I mean, all these tax increases are important. We're talking about trillions of dollars of tax increases that have been proposed. Now, in the end, we'll probably get something closer to a trillion rather than two. Uh, but one of the reasons corporate taxes are, are, are so important is because it comes out of S&P 500 profits, which is how we value the stock market, right? And so um, our forecast for S&P 500 Profits in 2022 is $218 a share. There's a little bit of a tax uh, hike in there, but if we do get that full, um, you know, 25% rate, we'll say, and we're likely to see an increase in foreign taxes that U.S. multinationals pay, uh, that could take the uh, S&P 500 profit number down about 10 bucks. In, in 2022. So this is certainly uh, something meaningful for um, uh, for investors to watch. Now, you know, you might see the strength of the economy as the reopening continues and the strength in corporate profits that we're seeing now continue. It could potentially offset some of that. So we're not necessarily going to take our number down from 218 to 208. Uh, but certainly we would say there's a little bit of a downside um, risk to our forecast if we do get all of these proposed or most of these proposed corporate tax hikes. Now, the other um, biggie, or actually there's really two biggies, individual rates, certainly, and um, capital gains. So um, it looks like the um, the top, top capital gains rate, if you include the investor surcharge tax, from the Affordable Care Act um, could be around 30%. Um, that, that's a um, you know, really important number, of course, for investors. And you know, the question, Barry, is, well, if, if investors see that the capital gains rate's going up, are they gonna sell a lot of stocks ahead of that uh, driving volatility? What are your thoughts on that? So, some investors would. Uh, some investors who are long-term investors might just wait it out because you know, chances are these rates will change again uh, over the years. But uh, there's a little bit of a sneaky move here uh, where the House Ways and Means Committee, when they released their, their cap gains number, and this was substantially lower uh, than President Biden's initial proposal, when they released the number, uh, you know, they practically said, that number will be effective as of this release, uh, which means 
as soon as the number went out, people saw it, it wouldn't be possible to get the lower rate by selling immediately uh, a way to take some of the potential volatility that you might get from this move off of the table. Kind of an interesting move. Um, part of the headline here is how much lower uh, this number was. I think one of the takeaways uh, from all of these numbers is that we do see the influence of the, the moderate Democrats, which we're going to continue to see as this bill moves forward, uh, because the Senate needs every Democratic senator on board to pass this, gives the centrists a lot of power. We already see things moving that, that way directionally. Uh, and that means that the market, I think, was a, a little bit reassured by these numbers, because what we're getting is in line with their expectations. But completely agree with you. We're really interested in what's the market impact here. Um, not the political implications and the economic implications, only to the degree that they influence markets. And the main risk is really around what those corporate tax rates are going to be. Yeah, absolutely. So historically, stocks have handled increases in capital gains taxes fairly well and corporate taxes. We included that in our mid-year outlook uh, 2021 publication, a study showing that generally uh, stocks hold up okay, uh, and the exceptions are around, you know, major market disruptions unrelated to taxes, like 1987 or, um, you know, wars, things like that. So given the uh, macro picture today, we would think stocks would be in a very good position to withstand uh, tax increases. So um, I guess just running through some of these other increases, we're likely to see the top income rate go. 37% to 39.6%, by the way. Uh, during the campaign, Biden was talking about a million dollars in income as a break point. Now we're hearing more about 400,000 as a break point. So that'll be very interesting to watch. That would lower the break point for that, the 37% rate now, which I think is over 500,000. Um, so, um, that's certainly something to watch. They're talking about a surtax on individuals with um, income over five million. Um, carried interest, which is essentially allowing private equity folks to um, pay the lower capital gains rate as opposed to income tax rates. This is related to why you hear Warren Buffett, um, well, the capital gains rate too, but why you hear Warren Buffett talk about how his secretary pays more in taxes than he does. Um, so they're trying to close that loophole. Um, we might see the estate tax um, exemption breakpoint come down, maybe to six or seven million. That's something to watch. Um, and then um, the SALT, uh, state and local uh, deduction uh, cap for property taxes, that's a big one on the coasts. Uh, it's not in this, but it'll probably get added in uh, horse trading. So look for change on that. That probably affects uh, some of you folks listening uh, to this today. So. Um, I guess the last one, and then I'll throw it over to you, Barry, to see if you have anything to add. Um, the part of the way that the Democrats are raising uh, money to pay for their uh, all of their spending plans is by trying to allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices. Um, in fact, I think it's a $700 million raise if they can get this done as they proposed. Essentially, it would tie drug prices to costs uh, in other countries. And we've all heard a lot about how other countries have cheap, cheaper drugs than we have. If they can get 
that through and drug price, prices fall um, you know, significantly, that not only is that you know, gonna raise some money uh, for the federal government, but it's also gonna be uh, a hit to pharmaceutical companies. So that's something to watch too that may affect uh, the healthcare sector. Some of this was expected, uh, but we could potentially see a bigger bite maybe than um, some of the uh, strategists we're looking for out there um, you know, over the last several months. So Barry, any, any uh, of that jump out at you or anything that you think I missed that's important? No, I'm, I would just say uh, this is probably going to be the most important uh, four to eight weeks for the Biden administration's legislative priorities. Uh, similar to President Obama as he was trying to get the ACA, it's known as Obamacare, passed, similar to President Trump as he was trying to get the Tax Cut and Jobs Act passed. This is a, a really important period, uh, and there's going to be a whole lot going on. That means a whole lot of news, passions are going to get a little bit higher. Um, and as investors, uh, you know, our broad advice here is to tune out a lot of the political news. Uh, we will be watching corporate taxes closely and, and how that evolves, um, but uh, shouldn't have a large impact on markets. We think overall, uh, as this bill goes through its, uh, its process, um, just to pay attention to the longer run, the bigger picture around the economy. The economy right now, it's largely about the recovery for the pandemic. That's the biggest driver. That's still where our focus is. Uh, this is important, but it's a little bit in the background and just maintain a sense of perspective. Absolutely, um, good good advice there. Um, you know, I think the timing of the capital gains tax changes and the break points for income and capital gains are probably the most important things to watch over the next several weeks. Um, but nonetheless, regardless of what we see there, we think stock fundamentals are still good enough uh, to keep us going higher. Uh, the, uh, I'm really glad, uh, by the way, that Barry, that we were able to do uh, this, this segment on taxes without Ryan, because if Ryan was, was leading the call today, he would have put a picture of AOC's Tax the Rich gown from the Met Gala into this presentation. <laughs> um, and, and I just don't want to deal with the, the hate mail. Um, so we will keep going. <laughs> the, uh, uh, just check it out online if you haven't seen it. Uh, is inflation peaking? I would say, Barry, that we got some evidence that it might be today because we just got a consumer price index that was better than expected. Um, what um, What's your takeaway uh, on inflation here based on what we learned this morning? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, at least from this number, and we'll go month to month, uh, but the uh, the transitory camp uh, won with today's number little bit below expectation. Uh, I, I took a bit of a look through uh, just to find one interesting uh, takeaway. Uh, the one that I got, used cars. That's been one of the areas where we've seen absolutely massive inflation. And it's one of these areas that was hit the hardest by the, by the pandemic. Uh, and part of the argument for it being transitory because we see these, uh, these unusual effects. For the first time since February, uh, the CPI, number for used cars, the inflation number for used cars actually came down. Uh, now, that number, those prices, they're really high right now because they've been going up for a while and they've been going up quite a lot. Um, and so the fact that they came down a little bit doesn't mean that prices are suddenly low. They're still quite high, but it's a shift in direction. 
And it's a shift in direction for one of the things that really got impacted most by what was going on with the pandemic. That turnaround, I think, is, uh, is symbolic of the overall direction that we are heading. Uh, it's going to happen slowly. It's going to take time. But we really just want to see the direction of inflation slowly moderating, slowly coming down. And today's number at least supports that. Absolutely. We have some temporary factors still putting upward pressure on inflation, and yet the inflation numbers have gotten better the last couple of months. And um, you know, the, the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the core PCE, uh, we've got a chart up of the, of, of the three um, main inflation indicators for consumer prices, um, actually, and producer prices, um, the PPI, the CPI, and the PCE. Uh, and they're all between like three and a half and four and a half on core, roughly. Um, if you take the messages we got from the PPI and the CPI, which have already been reported, and you translate those over to the PCE, it, it looks like we're probably going to see uh, a similar reading to last month, which is 3.6%. So that hopefully is the peak. We stabilize there and then start to move lower. And then we're not too far away from the Fed where the Fed wants us to be. Um, so um, as those temporary factors you know, resolve themselves uh, over the next few months, we, we think these numbers come down. And um, you know, I think you're seeing, based on treasury yields and, and the stock market, frankly, this you know, past couple of days, um, the market seems to be relatively comfortable with the inflation story. So um, I think that that's probably all we need to say there. Uh, but no doubt good news on the inflation front this morning. Um, so let's wrap it up here, uh, Barry, with our last piece, which is just this, this beige book barometer from the Federal Reserve. Um, you know, I know the, you know, the, the big picture here is that it's, you know, it's slowed a bit or softened a bit, but it's still really strong, really positive. Um, but, you know, you look at you know, sort of the individual comments from the different Fed districts, right? And I think, you know, we've, we've gotten some messages from Main Street that maybe fit with the inflation picture, right? Um, we still got supply chain issues. We got tight labor markets. What, what are companies on Main Street uh, telling the Fed? You know, we, we look at, uh, we do an analysis of strong words minus weak words, uh, and that gives us our beige book barometer. Uh, number is still fairly strong. Now, there are other words that we look at that are related to uh, labor issues, supply chain issues, uh, inflation issues. That number is extraordinarily high. Uh, but despite that number, the overall economic backdrop still remains positive. That's what we're hearing from Main Street. These are interviews with business owners, with bankers, local uh, community leaders on the business side. Those numbers look pretty strong. Uh, we got a, a sentiment survey this morning. National Federation of Independent Businesses does a small business sentiment indicator, uh, and it parallels this in a way because it was a surprise to the upside, and we watch small businesses very closely. They're really the heartbeat of the American economy. Uh, but at the same time, small businesses were expressing a lot of concerns uh, about challenges uh, being able to hire being able to bring people in and then slowing down what they can do with the, the business. But the sentiment still edged up higher. This is a little bit like what we're seeing here. Sentiment overall uh, on this level remains pretty strong, but we know we still have a lot of pandemic-related challenges. 
Uh, Delta is making some of those challenges, uh, at least temporarily, uh, a little bit more difficult, but we don't want to lose the big picture um, from that, that shift in expectations. Everything now is going to take a little bit longer than we initially expected, uh, but the direction overall is still quite positive. Yeah, it shouldn't be any surprise, Barry, that um, you know economic growth is slowing a bit. I mean, even if we didn't have the Delta variant, we would probably see a little bit of a downshift because we just had such massive growth uh, in the economy in the earlier stages of the reopening. So, um, you know, when you add in the Delta variant and then you add in the fact that a lot of the reopenings already happened, uh, a little bit of a slowdown makes sense. But there's probably, you know, we think another another burst. Um, hopefully it's in Q4, uh, but if not, maybe early uh, 2022 when, you know, we get the full reopening that maybe we thought we would uh, have already gotten by now. Yeah, and that's still, it's a positive backdrop for stocks uh, if we have that kind of, uh, that kind of environment. And uh, you know, earnings, have, uh, have been incredible. You follow earnings extremely closely. We've had a tremendous upside surprises showing the resiliency of, uh, of US businesses. Uh, we think that they're going to be able to navigate the Delta variant uh, well as they did with the, the earlier waves that we've had. Agreed, 100%. Um, so um, Let's just end with what to watch this week. We just talked about the Delta variant, of course. We'll be watching that closely, unfortunately, for the next several weeks uh, to see uh, what impact it potentially has on the economy. Um, a lot of forecasters out there have taken their uh, GDP forecast down from about 6% to 2 I've see, even seen some a little bit lower than that. Um, of course, the third quarter is not over yet, but the Delta variant is absolutely having impact. Actually, you saw it in, in the inflation data too with lower airline prices and hotel prices. Um, the big, other than the CPI that we got today, retail sales for August is a big report that'll get a lot of attention. Consensus is for another decline after last month's decline. Uh, so we're coming off of a period where we had a lot of stimulus and reopening spending. And now, um, and well, and back to school spending. Now we're seeing, um, you know, the Delta variant have more impact, unfortunately, um, and uh, we're sort of past this wave of consumer stimulus, uh, which could potentially weigh on retail sales again in August. So we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I believe. I believe that reports tomorrow. Um, and then sausage making in DC, um, which we of course spent a lot of the time on this podcast talking about. That is the topic, again, of our weekly market commentary this week. Uh, we're not going to know exactly how this is going to shake out for a few more weeks, uh, but certainly uh, when you follow comments from moderate Democrats, that gives you an idea. Cinema, uh, um, certainly Mansion. I think of the latest one I saw was Tester. Uh, those are the three. Those are the, the three biggies. Those are the three biggies, right? You're seeing comments from these people digging in and, and sort of setting the, the boundaries. Um, that, that tells you maybe where we're gonna end up because uh, the progressives don't wanna cause this to unravel and hurt President Biden. Um, so that's that. A um, lot to watch this week, certainly. So um, you know, we'll, as we do uh, every week, continue to digest all this and keep you posted on 
uh, what's going on uh, every week on uh, LPL Market Signals. So with that, um, thank you for joining. Thank you, Barry, for co-piloting. Uh, we will be back with you next week where uh, Ryan's return. <laughs> we'll be back. He'll be back. Um, <clears throat> he does just a spectacular job hosting this. So I, uh, I definitely uh, am excited about having him back, even though um, Barry certainly did a great job walking us through all those really um, important issues for investors uh, to follow, um, in, in not in, only in Washington, D.C., but in terms of inflation as well. But Ryan really makes this fun. So we'll be excited to have him back. Uh, he's, he's traveling this week. So uh, with that, uh, go ahead and sign us off. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening to the latest edition of LPL Market Signals. And we'll see you next week. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.